victuals worthy of a general. And if you want to fight, fight with me. One to one, man to man. Hello and welcome to a new podcast here on Grapple Versus, hosted by me, Benno. Available here first on the Grapple Patreon feed and uh, later uh, and for the free users. This is a podcast where, really, I get to talk to whoever I want. Um, The idea behind the podcast is that I will be speaking to different people from maybe the wrestling media world, the wrestling Twitter bubble, uh, the podcast bubble. Uh, I don't know really what you call it. are part of the world but yeah all, all of those uh different people i just think would be uh, interesting conversations it might not be always wrestling people either a couple of uh non-wrestling podcasters i've got in mind for this too but couldn't start anywhere else other than with the man wh park and yes you know we will talk about how we're allegedly i ducked him uh, on that spotlight episode look i was I, I thought we were recording tuesday he was available on the monday it was a whole thing uh, we almost made it work, but it didn't happen. But it's meant uh, that we can meet here and uh, kick off this uh, this new. Uh, I'm aiming for it to be monthly podcast series with yes, Benno versus WH the uh, the battle everybody wants to hear. And yeah, obviously if you're not aware of WH Park, uh, one, what are you doing listening to this? But two, well, I'm glad you are because hopefully you'll, you'll you'll learn something. But WH is the man when it comes to Japanese wrestling coverage. Uh, obviously doing the uh, post pro res podcast with John Pollock uh, over on Post Wrestling and. Uh, Japanese audio wrestling right before that he is you know one of the, the few people whose uh, opinion I, I would absolutely say you should hold in in high regard when it comes to wrestling from that part of the world uh, an outspoken man definitely been an influence on me um, as far as being outspoken on uh, on Twitter and the like uh, but yes WH is the man made up to chat to him you can follow him on Twitter at WH part 9 as I mentioned Post Pro Res is his podcast over on Post Wrestling with John Pollock a must listen each month but yeah without further ado let's get to the chat it's me versus WH Park WH how are you mate how's it going oh it's great I'm I'm excited to be part of this new venture here at the, <laughs> the Grapple uh, uh, you know, Spotlight Grapple Network, whatever you guys are calling it. Yeah, we like, we like network. That works. It's uh, it's late here on a, on a Friday. I, that was my, my my Joe Rogan intro. I'm gonna uh, pre-record an intro here to this uh, this brand new venture. As you say, you're the uh, the first guest here. I kind of thought, you know, want to speak to to different podcasters from around the world. I've di- I've chats with uh, with different people with different backgrounds, but. I I, fe- I just felt like WH like I, I just couldn't duck you any longer. I felt like you had to be guest number one. <laughs> You have to stop being the coward. <laughs> Look, the, man, the coward that is uh, known as uh, Deathmatch Richard. <laughs> Look, what happened? That's that that spotlight show. I was never scheduled for that Monday. I tried my absolute best to get back for it. It just didn't happen. It, it was a scheduling snafu. John Paul Coolham went went rogue and uh, and booked you on that Monday night. If, if I could have been there, I would. Um, but I I, uh, I feel uh, JP would have a different uh, version of the events for that. But, of course he would. Uh, okay, I'll. But but he's not here, so I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> Look, man, I-, I wanted to let you get get your Nick Gage takes out there, let you get your uh, your deathmatch takes out there. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun experience listening to that podcast, just hearing my name be mud, hearing the the good name of of Nick Gage be mud, GCW. Obviously, my favorite wrestler, Ricky Shane Page, and uh, getting ripped apart. It was. Uh... I, thought, I thought G Raver was your favorite uh, GCW wrestler. <laughs> See, it changes every time. I, this this slander, man. This slander. Look, I liked GCW for a while. 
it was it's been a fun product i'll I'll dive in and out i've i've enjoyed the zack Ryder stuff i think it's okay it, it's not it's not my favorite promotion of all time though i've got i've got just gonna throw that out there you know i i, I like it when it's good but i recognize when it's trash as well it's a trash promotion it is what it is you know i think i'm gonna as of you know recent events and recent podcasts maybe i'm gonna switch it over to deathmatch way mm. you know he's, <laughs> he's now the big uh cheerleader for for gcw these days <laughs> when, when did you hate for death matches start wh there you go there's a good subject to start on why do you hate death matches so much i it's not that i hate them i just don't see the point of them i don't see mm. like you know like to me like a death match or like an a match involving plunder should be the culmination of a, of a wrestling program of a feud mm. not like hey it's our first match together what should we do let's mutilate each other with sharp objects and and hit each other with you know with light tubes and we'll just breathe in all the cancerous you know byproducts of of, of light tubes while we're at it and and just make a complete fucking mess of the whole whole you know ring and like you know just endanger all the people surrounding the ring you know the people known as the fans let's, mm. let's just endanger all of them while we're at it i've been to to death matches live in japan Beno, and and i and i kept telling my friends i said listen i don't want to sit anywhere near the fucking ring <laughs> i want to sit <laughs> way in the back of cork and hall mm. but no i so uh, this is a funny story so after the g1 finals are done at at budokan hall I'm hauling ass over to back to Corican, which is about a 20, 25 minute walk. It's fucking August. It's fucking hot as hell. It's like, you know, 40 fucking degrees Celsius. Okay. But I'm like, let's go over to Corican back and watch some big Japan pro wrestling. And, you know, because there's like actual wrestlers, you know, real wrestlers that I want to see. And okay, mm -hmm. I'll have to watch some of these death matches. But I said, listen, I'm not sitting in the fucking, in the fucking, like, you know, first 20 rows of this show. I'm going to sit way in the back. Cause I feel safer there. And, you know, it turns out the, the, the one at the ticket office, she's like, Oh, there's no seats in the back anymore. You're gonna have to sit closer. And I think this is all because like, they want people closer for, for TV. Mm. So I have to sit like, I'd say within the first 15 rows, I'm sitting in those seats and I thought, okay, maybe I'm far enough where I'm not going to get hit with like shards of glass from the fucking light tubes. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. I got fucking shards of glass in my fucking lap. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? But it, the, the whole point is, you know, Ben, I'm like, I, I just don't see the point of them. I don't like, I'm going to be one of those people that is going to say, I don't think it's wrestling. Oh, okay. Okay. Am I, is this where I defend it? No, I mean, I was going <laughs> to. I don't, I don't. Honestly, like I don't think you have to defend it or anything like that. I understand why people like it. It's not that I don't understand why don't why people mm. like it. I do. I do understand it. It's not for me. It's not why I watch professional wrestling, and I don't think of it as professional wrestling. I think of it as like a stunt show designed to um, just escalate things because people, you know, have weird tastes in their mm. entertainment. It's, it's like you know, if you if, if, if someone who who likes going to death matches, like whether it's GCW or you know big japan wrestling in japan or whatever so told me that they're that they're a fucking juggalo and goes to the fucking gathering of the juggalos every year well <laughs> hey you know i wouldn't be surprised
It's not for me, but I get it. I, I see. I was going to say I've had similar experience. Like my my first death match I saw it live was at a Fight Club Pro. Oh wait, no, they're cancelled. Um, but but you know, it was a great moment because because Jimmy Havoc came up. Wait, no, he's cancelled. Shit. Yeah, that was my my first experience was the Death House, um, a Fight Club Pro, and that same thing happened. I remember being stood there and like the they did some kind of stupid spot through through some glass and the glass flew at me landed in the guy next to me's pocket i remember seeing him literally picking bits of glass out out of his like leather jacket pocket and my reaction was kind of not too dissimilar from yours it was kind of like whoa okay yeah so the fans who are close up to the thing aren't particularly protected are they um, you know one of the person people in my party <laughs> at Cork and Hall for this, for this experience of mine was like, you know, there's one person who's less like probably same reaction as me because he's a mm. sensible human being, but the other person <laughs> is loving it because he loves death matches. I'm not going to say who it is. He, he, he loves death matches. And he's also like fucking seven sheets to the wind drunk, you know? Mm. And he's like, Oh, look at all this glass. And I'm, I'm being showered with, I'm like, mm, all right, dude, like you enjoy yourself. I'm, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, see, see well. Watching a death match is like, is like mm. watching a fucking Tamatonga match. I just don't have the, I just don't have the patience for it. <laughs> you haven't got a Greg's to go to while it's on. That's the difference there. Oh, uh, see, <laughs> talk about Greg's all the time, and I, I am just wanting to. You know, like Stephanie Chase always talks about, she wants to come to America to, to watch AEW live. Oh, yeah. I want to go to the UK to go to Greg's with you. Oh man, that that that's that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if the steak bakes and the uh, and the vegan sausage rolls can live up to it, but I know you're a man of fine taste when it comes to food and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully we can do. It. The only way we could do it, though, we would have to like, we'd have to have you over here for a big New Japan show, and we'd literally have to have you, Tamatonga, out there stinking it up. That's the moment to head to Greg's. We'd have to do Listen, it just for the. Uh, we, just it for doesn't the have, have to just be Tamatonga. It could be fucking Chase Owens. It's like let's Dude, get out of here. Let's block. go. It could be fucking you know like fucking Tai Chi or whatever. <laughs> like any numerous people on the New Japan roster that I'm not a fan of. We mm. it, there's there's so many on on that roster that I it can be any number of people. Fan of. There we go. Mate. We'll we'll have you death match. Then, then we'll get up the morning after. We'll watch a shitty New Japan show. Maybe a crappy B-Block show from this year. And then we'll head to Greg's. It sounds it sounds, it sounds like a match made in heaven. Um, it but, does. But no, I was going to say, like, the, the deathmatch stuff for me, it's like... I think that's the thing on Spotlight. I've been cast as, like, the deathmatch lover. And that was a part of that was because of how much Joe hated deathmatches. And, like, he hates them as much as you. JP's got no stomach for them whatsoever. Like, and for me, it's more... I've got a tolerance for them, I think. And when a deathmatch is good, I can enjoy it. Like, like for me, you know, this is the thing where I was listening to that that that, uh, that spotlight podcast. And I was like, oh man, I'm being painted as like the the guy who thinks Nick Gage is a good wrestler. I don't think Nick Gage is a good wrestler. Like I I, I think Nick Gage has had good death matches, but they are still few and far between. And it, a lot of it is the spectacle, like that Ricky Shane Page match from last year. I think it was now the start of last year. And the the first one that they had in the in this uh, this long drawn out story, like that was kind of what i liked about you know deathmatch wrestling it was like a big you know spectacle like you say deathmatch it was you know there was a lot of story um in that thing with you know the, the long build and you know ricky shane page being the, the dastardly heel that nick gage needed to beat it was atmosphere it was kind of you know not maybe the the technical stuff that was happening between the ropes that, that made it a great match it was all of those those other aspects to it but like did jp i'll tell you we watch 
you know, WrestleMania weekends when we're, we're watching GCW shows or, you know, any other time when basically, like, anyone Jimmy Lloyd down comes out. <laughs> There's definitely... I could definitely recognise um, the negatives of deathmatch wrestling and the, the bad deathmatches and the deathmatches for the, the sake of deathmatches and the your turn, my turn stuff with the weapons and that. So, you know, I would just say this. There's good and bad, like there is with everything. It reminds me a bit of like having the argument about like with uh, with music purists back in the day about hip hop. I'd always kind of get annoyed because I'd read in like NME magazine about like they'd have like that their, their guy who'd normally be reviewing the latest Radiohead album. It'd be really, it'd be like reviewing like this cannabis mixtape or something like that, or some some other rapper's mixtape. It'd be like, oh, it's all shit. It's just swearing. Oh, it's not music. And it'd be like, well. But if, if you had somebody who liked that kind of music, they'd be able to say, okay, this cannabis tape is bad, but these these rappers are actually good. I think I think I think it's important to kind of have that distinction between like good and bad, even within like a genre that's not for everyone. Or no, like, I, I I agree with you. I like that's why I you know if like say for example, John Pollock said to me, WH, we need to review this like this event worthy freedom show from tokyo <laughs> i mean like you know what let me put you in contact with my good friend joey bay and he can do the show with you <laughs> i'm not gonna fucking watch it because like <laughs> i i don't feel like i have to subject myself to things i don't enjoy with wrestling hmm. to do a podcast about them um you know if i go to a show like i'm not not likely now because like i I don't foresee myself being in Japan anytime soon mm. um, with the current world situation, but y- you never know, Bennett. Like I do have a plan, like a tentative plan to go to like the United States next year to, to see meet up with my friend, Joey Bay. And, and you know, Joey is famously uh, maybe a bigger deathmatch fan than you. And, and uh, that's why he has the moniker that I've given him of the mud show outlaw. Mm. That's what I call him. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I said to him and he said to me, do you want to go to a death match in the United States in the Midwest? And I thought, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I will go, but we have to sit in the back or stand <laughs> in the back. I'm not sitting anywhere close to the ring. And he said, okay, so that might happen. I, and I, I can be a correspondent for both post wrestling and for, for grapple. If you, if there you go. Like. Uh, it, it's got to involve. If it's happening, it's got to involve Nick Gage. Like I, I'm not having it any other way. Uh, I want to okay, hear your live take on that. Let, let me talk, let me just say this about Nick Gage, right? I understand the appeal of Nick Gage and all of that. Two things: one, he's not a good wrestler. He's Agreed. not even a good bank robber for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> he, he he doesn't wear a mask. He got caught and he went to fucking jail for that. That's not being a good bank robber. It's like, oh, he's hard. He robbed a bank. Yeah, and he got fucking caught doing it. That's not that's not something you're proud of. Like, you should be robbing a bank and getting away with it. Like, oh, he he did it without a mask on. That means he's fucking stupid. That was you know? dumb. It's, huh? That was dumb. I'll give you that. You know what I mean? And, and the guy can't say fucking people's names correctly either he's grappling apparently like a uh, like the the letter i and the the letter e are outside of his uh you know lexicon and he doesn't know how to fucking pronounce them it's like (laughs) well how fucking embarrassing is that and yeah i i bet you you told him to go on aw dynamite right and you said and like they're gonna fucking swerve him like they're gonna oh yeah we're gonna have you come on nick and but then they say you're gonna be in the ring with brian danielson but you can't use any fucking plunder. That would be a great challenge for Brian Danielson to see if he can actually have a, a get a good match out of a broom, because mm. that would essentially be what Nick Gage would be like. Because without any plunder, this guy can't fucking do anything. Oh, he can cut a promo. 
okay, so can I probably, you know, put under the pressure, but can I have a good wrestling match? No. Mm. So uh, he's, he's all, I mean, that's the thing, as somebody who loves Nick Gage, he is, he's all charisma, aura, this kind of story behind him. Definitely, definitely will agree he's not a good wrestler. Like, you know, that, that bell rings and that, that Jericho match was pretty fucking rotten, you know, and it wasn't the match that Nick Gage needed to have on AWTV. Oh, to be fair, he's in there with modern-day Chris Jericho, who fucking <laughs> sucks. So. <laughs> Who'd you hate more, Nick Gage or Chris Jer- modern-day Chris Jericho? That's a good question. Uh, probably I hate Chris Jericho more as a human being than I do Nick Gage as a human <laughs> being. Like, I don't know if he's a terrible person. I don't know if that's demonstrated. He seems like he's, like, performatively woke at the very least. Chris Jericho just doesn't care. You know, he's like, he might as well just slap on a fucking Make America Great Again hat on his fucking head and just, like, tell everyone he doesn't believe in fucking, you know, the vaccine or wearing a mask, because he doesn't. And he'll just, he'll he'll skirt around it, but he's basically telling you that, you uh-huh. know. I've got a theory I mean, on that. I think that's I just no keeping the wife happy. those types of people. I think, that's, I think that's just keeping the wife happy with Jericho. Like, you can, like, her Twitter timeline, like, is an absolute, like, oh, she is, like, the worst kind of, you know, red pill, just insane Republican wife, and it looks like his mother-in-law and his sister-in-law are all the same. I'm convinced he's, like, you know, he's down as making those Trump donations and stuff like that. I bet you it's just for an easy life back home. It's just like, okay, yeah, fine, honey, I'll, I'll sign that. Fair enough, I'll send that check. And he just, like, he probably doesn't believe in any of it. Which, which might make him worse, I don't know, but like that, that that's kind of my read on the situation. Uh, fair enough, that's what it turns out to be, but like I just don't have time for like people in his position of influence, mm. like you know, making bad decisions and being you know like and kind of having other people use him as their fucking endorsement of mm. like their bad decisions and their bad philosophies as well, because there's no one out there who can tell me, oh yeah, being a Trump supporter is a good thing. You have to see the other side of it though. No, I've, there's no fucking other side to being a Trump supporter. It's shit. Mm. Yeah, that's it. There's no two sides to that conversation. Um, like I'd love to, I'd love to know what like happens, you know, backstage now that Jericho and Punk are there together. Like I remember Punk did that tweet where he was making fun of, uh, <laughs> of Jericho. Like, I, I, you know, there's like, Jericho feels like a wrestler who there's definitely guys like Punk who were just kind of sniggering behind him as back at uh, at the AW shows. I feel like that's the dynamic at this point. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who share what I believe his political beliefs are in in positions of power oh. in in AW among the roster. And well, let's name him Cody, fine. huh? Cody. Cody, Cody, and his books. and his uh, you know and his and his wonderful. Yeah, the Bucks. Uh, you know, Cody and you know he has has Cody. I don't watch it, AW as regularly as you've been. Has he ended racism yet? I just want to know. Not yet, not yet. But they have had an interracial baby, so you know there's uh, every, every there, possibility. Right? Like <laughs> you know, uh, fucking savior of fucking wrestling, Cody fucking Rhodes. The first first man to ever have a have a child. Yeah, um, <laughs> Cody. Yeah, Rhodes. I, I agree. A black woman. <laughs> white, he's the first white man to ever marry a black woman. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I don't I don't mind him so much. Like I think there's been good things about him when mm. I do watch AEW. Like oh, you know that 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 was good. That was good. It's his insane obsession with with wanting to be like Triple H that really makes me laugh the most. And like to the point where like you know Brandy has to be like a, a dollar store version of Stephanie McMahon. Oh, and she really so sad. is. Mm. And, and it's and it's, it's like I couldn't think of a worse version 
of Stephanie McMahon because I fucking hate Stephanie McMahon. But Brandy's pretty pretty much getting there to being a worse version of that, which is which is incredible to say to be, you know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like. <sighs> like a a twitter presence and just a general kind of like that whole i mean how many roles has has brandy had in aw and been bad at all of them like she was okay as like cody's silent valet that was probably the best role she's had and to be fair when she cut promos for him she wasn't that bad but then they tried to make it like you say stephanie behind the scenes they tried to make it a witch at one point they tried to make her wrestle at another point she tried to run the women's division like she's been bad at every single role they've gave, given her in that company it's just and you know that's cody's influence behind the scenes making that happen so I'm, I'm kind of curious what do you think like you know i from my you know viewing and like i I do follow the news about aw and i listen to you and jp and gareth talk about it mm. on spotlight you know i listen to the show and i listen to everything you, you guys talk about so like that, that and like john way talking and doing the reviews for, mm. for dynamite so i follow it that way rather than watching it necessarily um and it sounds like the women's division has gotten a lot better as opposed to like its first year of existence mm-hmm. and my my understanding was that like you know the the reason was because there's like this big conflict between how the women's division was meant to be run it, it sounded like it's more like supposed to be kenny's idea kenny omega's idea and then yeah. and then brandy had ideas and then it's like this just this conflict between those two like so who do you think won out it's like what do you see more of a omega influence on that women's division or do you see more of uh you know like a cody brandy influence on that women's division I think that's the thing, like, when things were going really badly, I remember Brandy doing interviews where she kind of tried to throw Kenny under the bus a little bit and be like, listen, the, you know, me being the witch wasn't my idea and I don't run this women's division, you know, that's all overblown. And it felt a bit like she was trying to throw Kenny under the bus, but I think it's only, you know, it's it's gotten a bit more settled now, but I don't think it, you know, if, if it was Kenny's influence you'd probably still have you know rio on top and you'd still have you know that that heavy uh, joshi influence it feels like with Britt baker on top it's a little bit more of like you know dad daddy big tone has, has taken the reins a little bit um and See, that's, that's the other thing i think when aw has become more palpable for mm. me to want to watch it at, in, in some capacity is because like I, I believe it's like whenever tony khan decided decided yeah you know what I own this fucking thing, lock, stock, and barrel, and and I'm gonna fucking take over the booking of the majority of this show. And it's, before I really thought of it as kind of like a food court wrestling promotion, mm. you know, like the Bucks, Cody, Kenny, and um, whatever, and like those were the the, the major camps. And it's like, okay, yeah. if you, this segment is from Cody, this segment is from the Bucks, this these elements are from 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 Kenny Omega, right? And so and then it all was just like kind of this hodgepodge of like all these different kinds of like elements of wrestling that, that are being permeated. It's like SoCal PWG indie style. And then there's like the old school, you know, WCW NWA Jim Crocker promotion style. And then you have like Kenny's DDT influence coming in, in there. And it's just like the, to be fair, like the, the person who probably, who's probably wrestling philosophy. I align with the most is Cody Rhodes. Cause mm. I'm an old school wrestling fan. And, and like, you know, the type of, like bullshit that the bucks want to do with their you know their haha wrestling is fake bullshit and like kenny's obvious like has the same kind of like you know philosophy and mixed in with like the the comedy of ddt which i'm not a fan of is like mm. uh is this really a company that i want to watch there's a lot of talented people there and i hate the fucking wwe but is this a company i really want to support but it's like if tony khan 
who is like one of us, Venno. Yeah. He's a message board guy. Like I didn't really spend that much time on the Ring of Honor message boards. I just felt it was like just a step above like CCW fans, which I, you know, I wasn't going to go there. I was on a DVD. <laughs> I was a, I was either part of the DVDR or I was part of like the Wrestling Observer F4W board. Right. You know, that's how I really. That's you know. That's how I got to know Alan Cunahan, Alan Forel in the first place, and and so I, you know, that's where Tony Khan seemed to come from, right? And like, okay, yeah. like he's probably someone I pro I could probably have a conversation with him and like talk about wrestling with him and like, oh my god, we actually like a lot of the same things. Yeah, that's it. I like. I, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not as much as I love the ROH board back in the day. I can't defend it. I I know it was the lowest of the lowest as forums go, and it earned that bad reception uh, reputation from other wrestling fans as much as me and Joe and Jamesy the others uh, loved it on there at the time. But like, I would have been like lurking on you know on DVDR and probably you know I, I recognize Alan Farrell's name from from years back and you know Rob Naylor and people like that. And I wish I'd you know maybe maybe jumped into that side of things more. But you know, it does feel like Tony was was right there with us, and yeah, I think that I agree. Like that is where AW has gotten better and more grown up. Is where it's still not perfect. Like I, I almost feel like that's been an, an issue from AW from the start to now. You want Tony Khan to say no a little bit more, you know? Tell you know, tell Jericho that, that you know the labors of Jericho is a bad idea. Tell you know, tell him that you know doing that stupid cage bump was a bad idea. Tell Cody that you know, yeah, maybe this uh, this retirement thing is is probably a bit daft. Tell Kenny that he needs to grow. Like that's that's one thing me and you are absolutely always going to agree on. If we're not going to fully agree on, on Nick Cage and death matches, we're going to agree on Kenny Omega. Like Kenny Omega is. There is no wrestler who needs a grown up to hold his hand more that in the world, um, and he like the amount of things like he manages to get on TV that like lessens him, that that makes him a lesser star than he could be. And I'm not saying he's not a star. Nobody get like yeah, you know, he's in a twist. He is to a point, but as world champion, there's a lot of things Kenny does that are just like that dude's got such bad instincts, you know, from having Brandon Cutler with him, you know, main event in that rampage the other week to just the way he cuts promos to the way, like you say, everything's funny, ha-ha, and never really taking that seriously, like including, you know, the, the build-up to the Moxley match. It's like, he can be a main event wrestler in ring, but outside of the ring and everything else he does can be so, so mid-card. And I, again, don't get me wrong, it doesn't, entirely undercut him and make him this anti-draw but it really undercuts him i think in a way that makes him not quite the the big star i think he possibly could be i think you know with with ken chan there people like <laughs> I love point to him his like fucking iwgp title reign is like this fucking transformative thing and it's like did i it saw really he did in response to i think osprey mm. talking about i think reference to the pwi 500 he like omega's number one on there and it's like your company like reference referencing new japan was dead cold after i left it's like actually business picked up <laughs> after you left you know because mm. they got some real people who knew how to be world fucking champions like tanahashi and ibushi in and like okada back in in positions of you know of, of prominence after like you almost ruined it with your fucking three ways with fucking Cody and Ibushi that, you know, was bullshit, but he has like some of the worst instincts of like, you're saying of, of any modern wrestler of his level and his caliber. Like I will never say that he is a, 
like a bad wrestler in the ring but like i do think he has like some problems and his best matches are with people who are who are guiding the match i don't think he's the ring general in his his top matches Mm. like with okada i think i do believe like okada's being the ring general in that match keeping it together and like preventing from devolving to a spot fest with with omega um but he he just makes like terrible like the build up to his last Wrestle Kingdom with Tanahashi. Oh, there were times where or I'm like I'm in Tokyo for that show, right? And I just get like, did you see what Kenny did at the press conference like two days before the show? I'm like, no, no, show me. And it's like he just he's just pretending to be like a a cartoon. And it's like this is not a world champion, dude. Like mm-hmm. this is not like something that I would point and think that's who the company who I want to be a big fan of, who I want to support. And I want to tell people that I love this company. You should watch. If you want me to recommend something, this is a company you should watch. Not when he's the champion though, because yeah. like, it's embarrassing to me at that time. Like, it seems like, I think he is a better American television wrestler now, but like you take the, you can take the wrestler out of DDT, but it doesn't seem like you can take the, the, the DDT out of the wrestler. If Bushi is the opposite of that, he, he embraces being a new Japan wrestler. And he, I don't think he's embarrassed that he was in DDT or he was the, the biggest star of DDT when he was there. But like, I, I think he's, he realizes I've outgrown that where I think Omega seems to have like this obsession with bringing like the philosophy of DDT to every company that he's a part of. Mm. Yeah. I think that that's, that's, kind of what it is and it's like yeah i i i'm probably higher on kenny's maybe contribution to like those okada matches and stuff but i remember like during the end of that run kind of having that conversation you know on spotlight where it was like i feel like kenny undercuts himself and a lot of that though was like watching him on being the elite or watching him like you say in the press conferences or seeing him in like the undercard tags and thing like things like that and i think the reason he got away with a lot of it in New Japan is that it was in, in a lot of places people weren't watching. People were parachuting in for the big matches and weren't necessarily, you know, seeing them come out in pajamas like a like a goof on, on an undercard or, you know what I mean, or, or necessarily seeing the promos or, if anything, forgiving the promos because it's like, ah, it's in Japan. It doesn't really matter, the promo. You know, he's not speaking to an English crowd anyway. It doesn't matter. And I personally think he's been exposed while well, well, you've said there he suits american tv wrestling better maybe in a, in a way but in other ways i think he's been exposed more because you know he's been on tv doing promo segments and doing you know goofy stuff where the entire world can see it and it's not like okay you just see a couple of great kenny omega matches a year and you believe he's one of the best wrestlers in the world which you know can can absolutely be fact we're seeing him every week and he's filling that time with just nonsense. And the other thing is the matches haven't been, you know, I don't want to say that good. They've been good, but we haven't had the killy killer Kenny Omega matches that you'd expect from a world title run. He's done, you know, the last two pay-per-views, uh, a tag with Orange Cassidy and Pac where, you know, Orange Cassidy is Orange Cassidy and Pac is not pushed to the level he should be. So it was kind of like a, a three-way with a couple of mid-carders. And then he's had this Christian match recently where, again, good, but to a point, you know, it's not... He's not having these match of the years either. So, like, when I see, you know, people out there saying Kenny Omega's had a, a bad AEW title run, I maybe wouldn't go that far because I'm still patient enough to think, okay, the Hangman stuff's going to come to a head soon and that's probably what we're going to remember. But, I don't know, creatively, I think a lot of decisions are bad and yet you wonder how much of, uh, you know, a, a hand he's got in that. And then, yeah, just, like, 
the the way the character is presented and the way Kenny presents himself. You know, you mentioned the video game stuff he did with Tanahashi. He did that on a random dynamite, didn't he? At the start, just came out in that stupid mask for for literally no good reason <laughs> because he's Kenny and he's a fucking nerd and you know he needs to be saved from himself a lot of the time. Ben, just use the word Weibo. That's that's what he is. <laughs> He's a fucking Weibo. You know, you know what a Weibo is, right? Oh, your best friends the, from the, 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 from the full definition of a fucking Weibo is is like a, a white person mm. who obsesses over Japanese culture to the point where they think they're fucking Japanese. Yeah, and that's what he is. And it's it's a fuck. It's a fucking embarrassing to see in like normal regular people. And it's just like you're fucking sad, dude. Like I'm Asian. Like, like I, I can blend in better when I lived in Japan. Mm-hmm. I never pretended or tried to pass myself off as Japanese because I'm not. I'm, I'm Canadian of Korean descent, right? So, like, mm. I, I always like respectful that I was like, I guess, like every time I see Kenny, like, especially when he's talking about Japan, it's like, dude, you're not fucking Japanese. You're a fucking white guy. Okay, just be aware of that and stop like pretending that you fucking know everything about the culture because no matter how well you speak the language or how long you lived there or how many times you went to the fucking video arcade with michael nakazawa you're not fucking japanese dude just fucking deal with it get over it you know that's what i want to say to him if i remember that being said like I, he seems like a really nice guy i remember the the interview john did with him to promote the the, the documentary oh, uh, yeah. about him and i just thought that was a great interview like and i thought he acquitted himself like really when i thought you know what that's the kenny omega i would like to see more of like more like kind of like what was his real name tyson tyson smith right yeah like, i want to see more of that rather than the fucking weebo mm. you say this like you've had to deal with a lot of weebos while you're in japan Is oh that thing? for fuck's sakes dude like <laughs> they are the fucking bane of my existence for the last 10 years when i lived there just these fucking people who like first of all they have it's like this fetish and it's not just the men it's also like the women it's not just white people it's like people of all westerners like regardless if they're white black asian whatever like i've encountered weebos of all fucking stripes and mm. and like and genders whatever is is just like it's sad because it's like because then what emerges is this like fucking western entitlement of like I can do whatever I want because I'm fucking special because the Japanese look at me and think, hey, you're not Japanese. You're cool. You're special. It's like, no, they're, you're like their fucking television, dude. Like, you know, like the, that, that old woman over there staring at me on the train because like she's never seen a fucking foreigner probably in her life. You know, mm. like you're in the fucking you're in the fucking sticks. OK, like she doesn't mean to be rude. I mean, I wouldn't like it either. But then some people amplify that, like everyone's looking at me. It's like, OK, whatever. Like maybe they're just like, oh, someone's speaking English or French or whatever the fuck language you're speaking that isn't, you know, native to Japan. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. and I just see it manifest itself, like, like Western entitlement manifests itself in some of the most egregiously, like, rude behavior, like in existence. Like, I will be honest with you, like, of in my experience, like, probably the worst people, like, nas- like other expatriates that I've met, were probably. The, the worst were probably the British. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that's fair. That, no, we've got a bad reputation abroad for a reason. Brits abroad is a and, is a known thing in Europe. And then and then Americans. Uh, then probably Australians and Canadians were on the same level of horribleness. You know. So that's why a lot of times, like my circle of Western fa- uh, friends, in, mm. when I lived in Japan, was very small. Like maybe five really close friends, and then like a circle like a of acquaintances of maybe about 10 
but like I would mostly hang out with Japanese people, you know, mm. because like I just couldn't fucking stand being around these people who are just like full of entitlement, just rude behavior when they're out in public. It's just embarrassing for me. I think it's like the the fetishization of Japan as well, though, that like gets me, and I kind of like you know, you're um you're in our uh, for some reason you've wound up in our little Euro group chat with me, Will, Jamesy, Gareth, JP, Martin. Uh, so we we get we get some of this like unfiltered WH every now and then, but like part of it I think as well that that that, that I could imagine annoying is like like say the fetishization of it and the fact that like anything that's like I, I don't know it's like a, it's a it's a it's a fear of criticizing anything because it's Japanese. It's like, yes, but that's so special because it's Japanese, you know, like that kind of attitude that we all know <laughs> there are wrestling fans out there uh, who, are, who are like that. But like the G1 is sacred. It can't be produce any bad matches. Oh, please. Yeah. You, like even in, even in 1997, there were bad G1 matches. Okay, folks, just so you fucking know that, you know, <laughs> there was a period where new Japan in the two thousands to like up to like 2010, maybe, maybe mm. 2009 dude it was horrible what a horrible company like like this this current era of new japan that we're in right now in 2021 with like you know bad business decisions of running too many shows mm -hmm. and just like not having the full use of like your roster like whether it's the foreign talent or you know members of your native roster catching covid and, and not being available for some shows like that that's extenuating circumstances like whereas in like 2000 like for a five six year period it was all bad booking decisions let's sacrifice all our top stars to fucking pride mma shooters like merko merko Krokop. <laughs> yeah that's a great idea let's let's throw nuji nagata out there you know he's going to become our new iwgb champion let's throw him out there and get his head kicked off by Krokop. Thanks. And then it takes him forever to like build himself up to be a credible champion. You know what I mean? In the mm -hmm. eyes of the, like the, the more not, not the casual fan. I know that's a term right now. That's like, that doesn't exist. Da, 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 da. It's a terrible term, but like not there's the hardcore fan, Benno. And then there's like the more less hardcore fan. I, su I suppose. Yeah, the, I can see that. You know, the, the, the phrase, you know what I mean? And it's like to them, it's like, you know, like someone like Nagata who was put in that situation and came out of it really for, worse for wear now his aura is gone. It's like Shinya Hashimoto. Shinya Hashimoto for the longest time had this aura of an of a world beater, of like the toughest man in New Japan, if not like most of Japanese wrestling for for the longest time. And then he got exposed by you know Inoki throwing him to the wolves with Naoyogawa, and it's like, well, now you just fucked this guy and you fucked your own business because you ruined his aura. Like if if most promoters were smart, like Paul Heyman was, like as a as a as a wrestling mind not as a business person obviously because he was terrible at that <laughs> then wrestling across the world would be in such a better place i feel mm. oh yeah totally like uh, that's that's kind of what we what we need and yeah what what like the wrestling business is is kind of lacked over time um like what what what's your like assessment of like current like current day new japan obviously you're not you're still doing the the podcast you know, once a month with with John and a lot of this podcast I'm doing is going to be about like uh, people's, you know, what what they do, you know, month to month podcast and what they watch, what they what they kind of cover. Like, are, are you still going to give New Japan kind of that laugh, you know, that front of house kind of coverage where you feel obligated to to keep up with New Japan? Do you feel, do you feel like it's going to get replaced by you know you spend spending more time watching other stuff like how do you approach it you know as far as covering it and doing like the monthly podcast with john 
it's 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 a kind of you know give and take with mm. John of like oh these are kind of the topics I would like to talk about on this whatever the upcoming show will be and he'll like throw back things you know the you know like oh yeah that's good and then oh, okay maybe we can talk about this as well usually like Nietzsche Pan's always going to be in there because from a practical point of view it's still what even the bad news the bad things about new japan are newsworthy benno you know what i mean it's like telling me me, i I cover british wrestling on post so i know what you're talking about (laughs) it's 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 oh yeah i mean like you can talk about you know like you can talk about how bad monday night raw is Mm. and maybe to extent like how bad smackdown can be or nxt uk you still or nxt uk but like you could you still got to talk about the wwe right Mm. because it's you know it's still the biggest company in the world in that you know you still got to talk about new japan and talk about it prominently on a podcast because it's still the biggest company in in japan mm. um and like am i as far as my viewing goes do i get excited about watching new japan no i still haven't watched these weekend shows from last weekend i i and i don't know if i ever will any even the ones that people have told me oh you would like this match this match and this match over the last last two days of those shows and i'm like okay i'll try to get to them but like then i think about oh, i'd rather watch some indie wrestling from america like with daniel garcia or you know wheeler yuda two wrestlers or ricky shane page I, uh <laughs> or ricky shane page or Nick Gage, no, no, no no like that's if i you know like need an excuse to go have a bowel movement you know like then you know then then it's like ricky shane page or nick gage or you know g raver whoever else works for 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 gcw but um you know um like i i know definitely listening to what what's his name kevin gill like listening to his commentaries is like it's like definitely like a bowel movement triggering like you know kind of uh you know like a signal you know so It is. He's so bad. Like, oh, like yeah. Anytime he's on a show. Getting back to Japanese wrestling, like Mm. I, I get more excited about watching, like, like Stardom. I'm a big fan of Stardom because I think it's good, well booked wrestling product. Like, I know, like, you're not a huge fan of of Joshi. I think there's a lot of resistance from from a lot of Western fans to to watching Joshi because, like, there's this stigma attached to being like, oh, I don't want to be one of those Joshi fans, especially I'm a white male watching it and it's, and it's like uh like i'm glad i'm just glad jp doesn't have that attitude about it because <laughs> i like listening him talk about like whether it's you know stardom or like, something else i might i might recommend to him yeah that it's nice to hear like you know oh like that's good like i i just think it's a it, they got great wrestlers they have you know they got a oh, good booker and like all the matches seem to make sense and all the angles and things make sense. And like, they have my favorite tag team of Julia and Shuri, the current, you know, stardom tag team champions. I, I, I absolutely love that team because like they remind me of an old school, you know, 90 style Japanese tag team. And it's like, I, I don't get to see that too often. It's like nice to see it in a, this, this Joshi promotion that has a lot of great wrestlers in my opinion, mm-hmm. but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of current, you know, like all Japan pro wrestling. I think they, we're on a bit of a hiccup, you know, in a bad way. And then uh, they're kind of back to like, you know, steady, well booked shows that don't necessarily draw a lot of people, but they're not hurting either. They're not embarrassing themselves at Cork and hall like new Japan is because they're oversaturating that market. And I'm, I'm really interested in watching, you know, the N one tournament from pro wrestling Noah upcoming. Uh, I'm going to try to keep up with that as much as possible. That's not perfect either. Ben, Believe me, when I say like New Japan booking is bad, there's a lot of atrocious booking going yeah. on. No one's getting run over with a car out. in New Japan. That's the thing. 
Yeah, you know. Um, but like the if if there's one company I'm really excited to try to get into, it's it's Gleet. Or people say great because there's some confusion about it, but I say Gleet. If there's a fucking L in there, and I know that you're supposed to pronounce <laughs> it with an R, but fuck that, then put a fucking R in there. I don't care if you're a Japanese company. It Gleet Gleet just has like this kind of interesting dynamic of pushing, you know, God forbid, younger wrestlers, mm. you know. In, in positions of like trying to make stars, it also seems like they want to make the the roster that they have stars, and they're and 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 they they're you know they're half the company is like you know doing shoot like worked shoot fights, which I, I I kind of style I liked, but they're also doing traditional pro wrestling, and they're making all these kinds of interesting signings of like independent talent. In a lot of ways, it it kind of mirrors like kind of like the the, the feeling you get watching like. AW when they like say oh we we just signed Lee Moriarty or we just signed this independent talent like forget mm. the the signings of like Punk and and Brian Danielson like I think those are exciting and like those want to make me want to watch the the AW product more like I'm more inclined to want to watch it with those names attached but like when they say when they have like Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia on every week on their shows and like they seem to give them the prominence and when you hear like another wrestler I like Lee Moriarty is, yeah, is being signed. signed like that's exciting to me. It's like then I see that kind of those kinds of moves being made with Gleet, with like the the young independent Japanese talent out there, and that that's exciting to me. I I wish more companies. I wish there was more jumping in in mm. Japanese wrestling. But you know there there is yeah. this thing about company loyalty that exists far more strongly in Japanese wrestling than it does in any other you know wrestling culture in the world. Yeah, and there's loads, there's loads of examples of that. It's like you look at New Japan, it's like, oh, you know, with the product being a stale, it's like, you know what? I'd love to see, I'd just love to see Hiromu work somewhere else. I'd love to see Ishii work somewhere else. Oh, God, how, how Goto's career could have been, you know, perceived differently if he wasn't just in the same place, you know, pretty much his entire career. Like, I always think that that, that is a thing, like, Western fans probably have, like, difficulty getting their head around. I, I would find it really interesting if Minoru Suzuki just said fuck fuck you New Japan and work for <laughs> and signed a contract with AW oh, based then, on this indie like, run like, form, the, the, and the... formed a tag team with Brian Danielson and they <laughs> oh, just like stretched yes. the shit out of everyone on that roster that would be awesome dude we've we've literally found this summer like you can put Minoru Suzuki against anyone and the match sounds good like is there anyone you can put against them where you're like ah, I don't think I want to see that I'm not sure you know maybe outside of like I don't know like the Miz or something but even then I'd like to see him stretch the Miz like I don't think this <laughs> I really don't think that you know the worst the worst matchups for Minoru Suzuki are probably in New Japan I don't want to see him against Tamatonga or Tangaloa I don't want to see him go out there and work people he's worked a hundred times before like if he did that and based himself in the US and just had these rando matches and then came back to Japan every now and then like you say did a did a Gleet or did a Noah tour or something like that how much more interesting would that be yeah definitely I I want to see that you know that uh, aborted uh, match he was supposed to have with Orange Cassidy because like oh yeah I would just love to see like hey you know kudos to the guy for getting that gimmick over to the point mm. that it ha- that has gotten over to i i have no patience for it it does nothing for me i think it's stupid but like i would love to see him pull that shit with minor suzuki and hey minor suzuki has had matches with guys dressed up as a cyborg mummy there you go in, in japan in japan mm. and he's made it work so i think he could make it work like a serious wrestler like him could make 
like a match with Orange Cassidy work, but I do think there's going to be an element of him stretching Orange Cassidy and like beating him up a little. And I would love to see that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's definitely <laughs> there's definitely enjoyment to be uh, to be out there. It's it's something like that with him. But yeah, I'm the same way with Orange Cassidy. Like I. I don't think I really have ever 100% got it. Like, even on the indies, I've kind of been like, I don't understand what the joke is. Is he tired? I don't get it. But but sometimes he runs. It's like he did, again, not to, not to bash Jericho, but like he did that Jericho feud in AEW where they tried to, they do it, you know, tried to make him like a serious wrestler and heated them up for a while. And then, you know, that feud ended and now he's just back to, okay, he's Orange Cassidy and he doesn't care anymore. Like, it, it doesn't really always make logical sense but like punked an interview a couple of days ago talking about it he's like well at the end of the day i don't get it but it's over and sometimes you kind of just have to listen to that don't you that's a that's a lesson uh, in i i want to see punk and who who is i th- who were we talking about before i want to like promo pro- promo battles like between oh punk and omega oh. i just want to see the promo battles because i think he will eviscerate omega on the stick I you hope know, so. It'll be funny to watch. It'll be worse than like like the promos he did against Nash and Triple H in oh, WWE. Those yeah. are great because he was just eviscerating both of them. But to see him have that kind of like you know promo battle with Omega would be funny because there's no way, not even with Don Cal's helping him. By the way, Don Cal's is fucking overrated. I'm just putting that out there. Like <laughs> he he's no, he's a fucking enabler, and he's like like I've never. I never thought he was that great of a promo, even in like fucking WWE. Like his best work was in ECW, you know, because all he does is like he's fucking like the fucking organ grinder for fucking Omega, right? Like, oh, I like him doing that role. Huh? I like him in that role. I think he's good at it. It's like if he wasn't yeah, there, just, like the, the, I just this... find it, I just find it tiring and, and annoying because like uh, you're just full of shit because I don't agree with anything you say about Omega. <laughs> but but I think like in these last couple of Kenny feuds, if he wasn't there, I think they'd be far worse. I think that's the, the he's kind of uh, held the he held the Christian feud together massively. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's better. Like Omega's act is better with Don Callis in there, but I don't even. I I'm just saying, like, you get Punk in there, mm. and he's gonna like he's gonna destroy Kenny on the mic, and he's gonna destroy Don Callis as well on the oh. mic. Like even Brian Danielson, I want to see that just because I think Brian Danielson is very underrated as a promo, and I think he oh, will yeah. like fucking out promo Kenny Omega, right? Because Kenny Omega is gonna be goofy and, and like, Mwah! you are not the kind of level wrestler I am. Is like shut the fuck up, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just doing it. I am the bad guy kind of promos. Like, oh, he's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> saying that, yeah, you could you, you could maybe make it work if he gets murdered at the end. But yeah, I'd love to see that. The thing with Punk is like. I'd hope he'd do that because I'm worried about Punk and AEW. I don't know much of, of it you're watching, but like he's doing so much happy to be there kind of stuff, which is okay right now. But you don't want it to be like his UFC run, where like in UFC, because he was the young boy, he wasn't, you know, I remember Meltzer going and going, oh, Punk's going to be great for UFC. He's going to cut all these killer promos. Like, no, he wasn't. He was going to be polite, happy to have his fights, and he was going to go home. Like, in AEW right now, it feels a little bit like he doesn't want to rock the boat. I, I, want, I want him to get on the mic and call Kenny a cunt and make fun of Don Callis and, like, speak some home truths. Or I, I want someone to bring that out of him, whether it's Taz or, like, some kind of feud with MJF or, like you say, something with Kenny where he can go for the jugular a little bit. Like, I think that'd be good for him you, you know who's perfect for that besides kenny would be cody <laughs> yeah think of the things you could say about cody <laughs> you can say same with cody like i i know i think you know at some point like because i just think punk's like 
got such a great mind for wrestling. Mm. Um, like in MMA, he was like out of his out of his element, really. Like he he wanted to try to make it in that business, and he that's why I think like he was like I'm the ha- I'm happy to be here. Like we're wrestling. I think it's it's his natural habitat. And like once he gets settled and he realizes, oh shit, I got a lot of power in here because mm. I'm fucking drawing all this fucking ratings and money for these people like i i'm gonna fucking use that power Mm. and and i would love to see like this the shift in like the dynamics of aw where you know like the 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 punks and the danielsons and like these like all these fresh signees are gonna replace kind of like the people that they originally like went with when they first created AEW, because I think that what they were doing because like NXT and WWE were like, just, you know, what, what's the phrase hoovering up, like vacuuming up all the independent talent as much as they could. So AEW was like, okay, we, we, who's, who's available to us. Not that like, like any of these people are bad signings or anything like that. Well, some of them are, but mm. now that they're, there's like this whole edict that WWE is like, well, now we're going to go back to the OVW FCW and, and deep South days of like bodybuilders uh, football players and non rest like no one who has indie experience. We don't want any of them and, and swimsuit models. That's what we want that all the good, talented independent wrestlers are yeah. available for you to sign. And like if I'm running a wrestling company, that's who I want to sign. I don't want to have to like train people from scratch unless like you can definitely see like unbridled potential in somebody like, like for example, Brock Lesnar or something like you get a Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You sign them. As, you know, you do everything you can to sign them, but like, oh, Bill Buchanan's son, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. I wouldn't sign that fucking guy. Like, you know, if I'm like, I, go out and get some experience, dude. And, like, show me, show me a compilation tape of your work, and then like, we'll we'll talk. So I, I really think there's this like, there's this all this talent out there. Yeah. That that AW, you know, that they can try to sign uh, to to make their product a little bit more. T- something that i would like to watch more of you know what i mean like i i have no interest watching fucking dinosaur guy fucking tarzan boy and their (laughs) little fucking mascot because i think that's a bad signing like i as soon as like fucking like jack perry drops a fucking jungle boy gimmick and goes full-on masato yoshino you know blood generation version of masato yoshino (laughs) that's when his fucking career is going to take off not doing this fucking bullshit like jungle boy bullshit because that's that's a bullshit gimmick it's a it's a kid's gimmick do you know what i mean you can do that though you can make money out of the kids Uh can't you you can do that and make money out of the kids i i think i think his his biggest problem is that he's there and he's supposed to be like the the, there's a small guy that the kids will get into and and there's always money in that and then but but marco stunts is there and instead of being the yeah. small guy in the group, he's the mid-sized guy in the group. And it just seems a little bit... I've thought that from the start, to be honest, that like as much as that's given Marco Stunt something to do, and I suppose it's worked to a level, I think Jungle Boy would work better if... I'd probably lean into it more as like the, the kid-friendly, smaller guy rather than, you know, like I say, the, the middle guy that he's in the group now. For now, but I think like, you know, by the time he hits 30, he's got to drop that shit. That's true. If, if he wants to be a main eventer, that's not a main event gimmick. That's a mid card gimmick mm. or lower. Mm. And like again, like so, I, I, you know, like maybe at some point Tony's got to look at all these people he signed in the first year of AEW and just think, you know, maybe I'm not going to renew their contract because there's other people who's 
who I want to free the budget up for that are you know available from not just from WWE because yeah. there's that's going to be happening a lot. Like he, he's going to be like, oh, I gotta, I want to sign that person. I want to sign that person, especially the women. If any of the top women in WWE become available, like I'm, if I'm him, I'm like Sasha Banks becomes available. I'm fucking signing her. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? What do you want? What what do I have to park outside of your house? to get you to come to aw like she's she to me would be like the goal more than charlotte charlotte has the name value but like charlotte also a fucking clumsy oaf in the ring mm. and not worth it in my opinion but like at some point he's got to look at like the marco stunts and the the dinosaur guys and some of these other fucking people and just think is this what i want my product to be okay maybe i'm gonna keep meme wrestler a and meme wrestler g over there but b c d e and f are gonna i gotta i got a lot to go they're nice people but i don't have time for them i don't have the money for them i don't have the room the real estate either time or you know or locker room space even mm. for for that to happen yeah i think i think that we kind of felt like the beginnings of that happened a little bit like you say daniel garcia getting a bit of a push you know Monroe suzuki turning up brian danielson coming in like it's something i've heard like a like a jamesy talk about before where it's like you know in the past you know okay but where are the wrestlers it does feel like they've recognized that there's a bit of a a kind of a gap there um in the style of AEW, and like they're hopefully putting right to that like i totally agree with you on the women's division like i to be honest i think you've got to be careful which you know which x wwe for example men you bring in at this point i think that there can come a point where it's gonna be too many and you can't sign everybody on the women's division i don't think that at all i think any of the good women's wrestlers from wwe become available that aw women's division needs them and i'd sign them all all of them you know no matter who it is um i'd bring them in if i was tony khan i think that would definitely definitely yeah help right the ship there but i mean i was gonna say that you mentioned it you know it's interesting like hearing your your views on on AEW because obviously you know like you say you're a man who you'll listen to us you'll listen to john and way without watching the stuff hopefully do you listen to bwe as well do you hear our nxt uk takes or is that just in the uh, in the group chat you uh, you hear all that stuff as, as as no no as i was coming home from work i was on the i was on the subway i was listening to you and martin talk about you know the the return one night only of jamesy and, and the addition <laughs> of and, and, Andy Ogden to the team, which I, I think those are both great news. I think, you know, Andy Ogden is long overdue mm. to be part of BWE. And it's Agreed. great to have um, another, you know, member of post wrestling that like, you know, I kind of like, I don't know if this might sound cheesy to you, but I look at like our, like, you know, everyone at post wrestling, mm. like who does a podcast or is on air on a regular basis or does writing for the website. And I think of them, I, I feel a certain kinship with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether definitely. it's you or Martin, John Wayne, like with John Wayne, like Brayton and Davey is because we all live in the same city and we actually socialize together on, on a fairly regular basis. I think without, you know, the, the pandemic, we'd probably be hanging out probably on, on at least a monthly basis. You know what I mean? Maybe twice a month we'd be going out for dinner and stuff like that. I, I truly mm. believe that. Um, and then including people like, like Mike Murray, because, you know, like, he, you know, besides being friends with me and John for a long time, like he's also a part of, you know, he does, he's done shows for us. He's done written reviews for us. So I, I, I still think of Mike with, with his limited involvement with like, uh, with content creation, like that he is, uh, uh, you know, part of the, the, the team as well. Like I also, he's one of my, 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 my best friends. Cause I've known him for like 25 years, mm. but 
like I feel a kinship with you. I feel a kinship with Martin, maybe more with Martin because I actually met Martin in person and, mm-hmm. and, and gone drinking with him in a fake Irish bar in Tokyo with him and, and his wife, Lisa. Oh, we'll do it one um, day, man. Don't but, worry. Uh, but even like, you know, like Nate Milton and, 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 and like, you know, Andrew Thompson and, and like you know, Mark Buckledy, who, who, who does like some limited audio for us, like, you know and but he does a lot of our written reviews for the shows that i don't want to yeah. watch <laughs> thank you mark um, <laughs> but like i feel a kinship with that so like like i'm 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 excited to have like you know like andy ogden you know join the team through bwe and 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 be part of yeah. like say hey this guy's like doing awesome work like he, he's part of you know like my team you know what i mean like yeah. i i i feel that way about post wrestling yeah def- like that's the thing like i'm you know Andy's uh, hopefully biggest booster, I think, over the years. And once, you know, I think he got involved with us on IndyCorn. He's been involved with us in Grapple. And it always made sense for him to get involved with us in BWE. And I'm dead proud he's on the team. You mentioned Mark Buckledy. You know, that's someone I've known going back years. And Joe has known even longer. He's one of the uh, the ROH message board people. So I never expected him to kind of be part of the Post family. And he does, you know, incredible work on Post. Like, yeah, I share that same kind of feeling about Post because... For me, you know, I mentioned that, you know, covering Brit Res has not been the most fun, you know, the, the last while or so. It, one, the product has stunk when it's existed, and two, you know, we had that, that horrible period last summer, and I think Martin would say the same. Like, if I wasn't doing it on post, you know, I might well have hung it up at some point. You know, that the fact that to be part of, like, this this website and be part of like, you know, I was a fan of, of John and way going back right to the, you know, the pretty much the very start of the law. The fact that those dudes, you know, and you, you know, and Nate and that know my name, you know, I mark out at that. If I hear John always say Benno on a roar or a Rwanda roar or a Rwanda smackdown, I, I still have a little mark out in my car and yeah, just kind of being part of like this, this, this extended family is probably what kept me going. Um, th- as well as you know, enjoying recording, obviously with Martin through the the worst kind of Brit rest stuff, and and kept me involved. Um, because otherwise, if it was I, the... I think what you and Martin did last year was so amazing and important. It's like I, it's like one of the reasons I'm some fucker have to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, well, no, because like I, I think it's it's important. Like, you know, like that you know like you and martin were talking about speaking out mm. as much as and as and as, and, and as like ex- extensively as you guys did was as important as like when john and way are covering like the blood money shows that the wwe does with fucking saudi arabia mm. like those those that not something they have to do but they did it because they felt it was important and and speaking out maybe you guys felt it was something you had to do but like to the the extent that you did i didn't think i think you guys you two went above and beyond like mm. in trying to get as many different voices to talk about about speaking out in in the brit res you know scene especially like try to get as many voices heard through your platform i thought wow this is like i'm proud to be associated oh. with john way you and martin for like trying to go beyond just talk about wrestling you know oh, what i mean yeah oh thank you that means a lot i mean and that was like a that was a tough period because it was like we couldn't decide really at the start, you know, one, do people want to hear a load of straight white males talk about speaking out, you know, two, should we get, you know, should we be getting more guests in? But, you know, the thing was that that's an easy fantasy bucket thing for people to say, people like, oh, just get, just get some women in to talk about it. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. So we talked about all the fun stuff and now that something serious is in, we'll just tag the women in. Never mind the fact that they might, you know, which women and do the women, do the women you're talking about actually want to come on, you know, come on record and talk about this stuff. Like that was a tough period. And in the end, I think we, we did 
with a lot of the, the talking ourselves, but we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, better that than going silent. I don't think that was, you know, the answer at all. Um, so, no, I appreciate your, 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 kind, your kind words on that. And, yeah, obviously we, we do kind of add that, that kinship through through posting and previously the, the lore and stuff. I mean, is, is that is that how we, we first interacted? I can't remember a time where we, we, we did have that stupid group chat like, going. I, to, did you start to be honest, that? like that... Sorry, go ahead. Did you start that group chat? Did you did you not do that? Did you add, not add us all to a group chat yes. as kind of a way yeah, to keep tabs because, on like, the to, to, to uh, <laughs> share some uh, files? <laughs> you know? I thought so. Uh, yeah. It just morphed into what it is now where it's like, wait, I started this, but like I don't participate. I don't contribute as much like mm. to the conversation. Which is, but you know, the thing is, is like I, I'm glad to be, you know, an observer in there because i find it so fascinating to hear you guys talk and and like i just think oh i'm, I'm still i'm still privy to like these conversations like if you people so many people can see some of the things that are said in that conversation you you'd be like what <laughs> like i'm not going to say anything but some of the some of the the a lot of the, trust the there. talk uh, of of like of it's like who you talk about that makes me laugh the most because it's just like oh you guys hate this person a lot wow <laughs> <laughs> that's another kinship we can share you know side eye and other podcasters and uh maybe other uh, people that we might talk it's not about. even it's not even other podcasters per se it's like fucking it's it's all the mark journalists that especially exist yeah more than resist teams and 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 like some of these twitter users like i just i just laugh it just mm. makes me laugh like i so i you know like here's like my 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 one of my big dreams is to go to the uk I really want to, because I've never been there. That's for one. But I want to go there because I want to meet you in person. I want to meet JP in person. I want to see Martin and Lisa again. Uh, you know, there's other people. I want to meet Jamesy. I want I want to see, you know, Alan and Sarah again. I'd like to, you know, make a side trip to to go to Ireland as well. Go see their man, Neil Flanagan, you mm. know. Um, but that would be fun because I want to, like, one of the things I, I don't really want to see fucking British wrestling per se. But I want to go to the pub with you guys and yeah. like have fun that way and just like meet some of these personalities that I that I've like listened to or have, you know, heard about, but then get to, you know, meet them. And like if I have like you and, and like JP and like Martin be like my my like, you know, my guides and like, you know, protect me from all this, the fucking idiots. I, I, you know, filter all the idiots out of my experience. I think that'll be great. <laughs> we'll treat you like we did, Joe. That that was the thing with Joe. We'd like we go to shows before <laughs> we go to like Red Pro shows, and we purposely pick like the pub that the rest of the fans didn't go to, and like because Joe was always dead afraid that like uh, fans of the podcast or something had come up and want to talk to him. That was obviously that's JP's fucking dream. Um, I, I'm mine. I don't mind. I don't. I, I I like talking to the listeners, but Joe is uh, Joe is always wanting to hide not just from listeners but just from like you said or the twitter people or the wrestling fans in general we know all the spots man we don't it doesn't even have to be around the wrestling show like you say we know I, the I, I want to meet some of these people but mm. there are going to be times like i know for a fact where it's gonna be like you know jp benno martin let's just go somewhere that just us and maybe a select other few people let's just go to the pub ourselves yeah. find me a good place where they got some tasty chips and and, and get you a greg's we'll be all good take me to greg's you know like like martin put it out there like mate just come to sheffield you can stay with me and lisa and jp's like offered like couch to me so i was like hey, wow there's a bed awesome. here too man i have a place to stay. oh thank you so much if it doesn't get stolen by my thing, neighbors but the other thing i would love to see is for 
the, the UK contingent of you, Martin, JP, and, and like anyone else like that, that I've mentioned that I want to meet, like come to Toronto. I want, I want yeah. a massive fucking wrestling event to happen in Toronto where like you and Martin and JP have like no, and Gareth have no fucking choice. You got it. We're making a trip. We're making a group trip out to Toronto and we do a massive fucking post party. We do like the John Wake, do the Q and a, we go to that, but we have our own private party you know like no fucking listeners no fucking fans it's just us oh, and i think yeah. that'll be so much fun and just like we go we go to john's backyard he breaks out the bourbon like for, <laughs> we did that for like ways kind of like so so sort of like bachelor party oh so jealous bachelor party Mm. and I don't know, you i you must have heard that story right on on air yeah like we're talking about like surprising way in john's backyard and like John has this great image of like being, you know, like I think John, you know, and I say this as a biased person who's friends with him for 20, 20 plus years. Like, I think John is the best, most respectable journalist in covering, you know, wrestling, professional Agreed. wrestling. I don't think anyone touches him. I think there are people who are, you know, are good, but they're not John. Mm. And, but to see John with, without being the journalist like to see john as like the cool guy i've known for this long you know who lets us who you know you know figuratively lets his hair down but he doesn't not literally because he has no hair you know mm. it's 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 funny to see because yeah. but i've known him for such a long time so i have that context with him i've known john since he was 16 years old so you know, <laughs> like, like I, I knew when he was like you know he wore baggy jeans and and had a chain uh, chain wallet you know what i mean like that's <laughs> not his image anymore you know but it, it's it's when we have social gatherings yeah like i get to see i'm i'm fortunate i get to see that side of john and i i think it would just be amazing because you haven't met him in person have you no no just only ever we've been in the same building like uh wrestlemania one year it was like the 2006 year we were both at the, the ring of honor shows that weekend but yeah i didn't know him away at the time unfortunately so yeah, i haven't met those guys at all I, I think it would be like I want to meet you in person. I I, mm. I know like John and Way are like oh man, it'd be great if like you know we are all the same, you know event and we get to meet Benno in person. You know like that's that to me is like something I would love to to see because I'm I'm fascinated by you know interpersonal interactions. Of, yeah. Of like especially in real life, right? I'm a I'm like what you call a people watcher. Like oh that's interesting dynamic over there. Like especially if it's people I know. You know, so I would love to see that happen in, in real life, you know, so like yeah. that to me is like the big it's like, oh, let, you're coming. To, you guys are all coming to Toronto. OK, I know some of the good places we can go to, to grab a bite to eat and, and have a drink somewhere. <laughs> well, I was I always love that. Like, I, I see that other side of John every now and then, like it happens really. And you've been party to it. But I'll get like a DM from John, like a, a like an attaboy type of thing for something that's going on, whether it's a podcast we've done or or maybe me causing trouble on Twitter every now and then. Um, I'll get I'll get that all right. I I still you know, John sent us an email to um to do take part in like a a Q and A thing for the G one next week. And I'm all I see John John's name in my my inbox. I'm like oh that's cool. You know I'm on first name terms with John here. We can we can you know we can we can go back and forth. But it'd be great to just yeah have a beer with those guys. Have a beer with you uh, or a coffee. You know a coffee is good too. And do it properly, and uh, I can oh, imagine that you know you have to drink the bourbon or the tequila, Benno. With, with those lads. <laughs> I was thinking that it will, it will it will escalate. 
and before we know it, we'll be in a club with Braden and Davy at like three in the morning. I'm fine with that. That sounds uh, like a good no. Plan. You're gonna be in the club with Braden and Davy, and if and if like some other people show up, maybe they're gonna be in the club too. I'm gonna be in bed sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but I, I think can I just say like hmm. your to your reputation of like you're you know what is what's the phrase you're taking uh, you're taking fucking food off people's tables. It's That's like you know what it's like they they don't have they're not they're not important enough to be making enough money to have any food on the table in the first fucking place so like i don't know what they're talking about these people who complain <laughs> about your presence on twitter i you know what to me it's like everyone who complains about what you say about brit res like mm. you, you being honest about it or critical about it like to me it's the same thing yeah. like you know they're all what's the phrase that's used in the group chat a lot bootlicker bootlicker i love yeah. that term it's it's so it's it's like i don't think i would anyone outside of the context of like you know the 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 british and the irish you know like using it to to the to the frequency that it's used and in, in talking about certain people on on the twitter it it, it makes i i like using it myself now like I've, I've kind of adopted it but like i would just say an ass kisser right mm. it's the same thing but like all these bootlickers who complain about you and it's like i can i can like see you you make a tweet and everyone who fucking subtweets you or quote you to like like make fun of you or something like that i can like say that's a bootlicker, bootlicker. <laughs> definite bootlicker fuck you your opinion means nothing you got three fucking followers and you follow t- you know ten thousand fucking wrestling people fuck you you're a loser like i i i never worry i always love it when you do that because like I, it just exposes all the bootlickers and the fucking sniveling assholes that exist on Twitter in the wrestling sphere. And, and I, that's why I kind of like wrestling Twitter because Mm -hmm. it's a great way to expose all the fucking losers who follow the stupid hobby of ours. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like if if I do, if I do a tweet about NXT UK or basically if I do, if I do a tweet that riles the wrestlers up, I know I'm right. I, I know, yeah. I know, I've got, I've, I know, I've got this one. You know, if, it, if like you say the the bootlickers uh, come calling, or you know the uh, the Adam Maxteads of the world are, are in my replies moaning because I called Jimmy Havoc a cunt. That thing didn't uh, didn't age well. The, did it, the biggest too? marks in wrestling are not the fans; they're the wrestlers. Oh, totally, totally, and it it is. It's these lads on twenty k a year deals who don't want their their world around them to collapse, which I understand to a point. But you know, they've got to see you know the world for what it really is. Like I'm sure. Sure, my name is Mud in progress <laughs> locker rooms. I'm sure you know John Briley and family are. Uh, in fact, I know for a fact are, are not fans of mine. But you know, I think that that's one thing that the port like grapple on the map or you know indie corner before is that we were willing to speak kind of truth about those promotions. And if it if it winds up the the people behind them, then then kind of so be it. That's well, the thing. I, I I I apparently am am uh, pretty disliked in certain circles of the uh, New Japan. Uh foreign locker room <laughs> oh well yeah exactly and the thing is you know as well it's like i i i, I was at um that event i mentioned on it on spotlight this week and you know through steph i'll i, I might uh unfortunately have to trip over the odd um British journalist and there was one at the party and it was like he, i think he was surprised i was like nice in real life and i was like dude i'll you know <laughs> i'll say things on twitter and you know and i still think i'm right and i'll even make fun of your heel in real life but you know i'm still i'm still a nice guy you know i'll, I'll still speak to you like a like a human being um but if, if you if you have bad takes you're gonna you're gonna get quote tweeted and I'm, I'm probably gonna be the the knobhead in your replies it's just just how it goes i that's why i i'm very careful about 
you know, before hitting that send button, I was like, what? oh my God, is, uh, is Benno going to make fun of me? <laughs> Never. I'm more scared of you, man. No, no way. No, 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 <laughs> I don't want no, that no, fight. No. I don't want that I, smoke. I, I, again, like, I love that I'm affiliated with you through Pose because, like, like to me, it's like, it's not my scene per se. Mm. Like, to me, it's like, I, I, how can I navigate this fucking shithole of the scene? Oh, well, I'm I'm associated with Benno. I trust him. Uh, Martin, I can trust. You know, JP, I can trust. You know, Jamesy, I can trust. Like, and it's all fuck. Like, all these people, I I know via post wrestling or via Grapple Spotlight. You know, like the and it's like I you know, cooling. It's you know here and there. Like his wrestling <laughs> takes good. His political takes not so much. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. He's gonna he's like what I love about Will is like he's gonna pop and and when he ever he hears his name, I think he like he. He's like you if you like you hear John say, yeah, <laughs> I think he's like that with anyone saying his name. But I will say this, <laughs> like Will gets a lot of shit. Will Cooling gets a lot of shit. But you guys made a great point. No one wants to argue no. with him in public. Exactly. They just want to fucking subtweet him and fucking troll him yeah. because they're afraid because like he's a guy that can back up everything he says with yeah. fucking facts and he can like cite things like, oh, I'm going to cut and paste this fact and put on your fucking subtweet. And then they're like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not even gonna. Nobody wants the real conversation. Like, he's gonna eviscerate you in real life, like yeah. on the fucking in the argument scale. Like, I don't necessarily agree with everything Will says, but I'm never gonna argue with the guy. I'll, I'll just say in private to him, like, because then I, it's a friendly, it's a friendly conversation that he and I can have privately. It's not, it's not open for the public, you know. Yeah. But like, I, I just thought that was a great point you made about Will, like that no one wants to actually like be a. Be no one's to engage to the argue points because he'll, he'll kill them yeah like, in an argument so exactly whether you'd agree with them or not and that's the thing people don't want to engage the points or you know even if will's wrong i'm willing to hear him out and he'll make his points intelligently like will is one of the his ears will be burning now he's one of the smartest people i've ever known in life like he's he's a man who i've, I've joked about it before you know i can see him in in germany at four in the morning necking a bottle of rum and he'll write the most coherent fantastic review or breakdown of of something that's happened that night and and post it you know he's a he's a he's a man who's got those those two sides and he manages I, uh, to do them at the same time i i look at will as being like again he's one of the the few journalists in mm. wrestling doing yeah. wrestling discourse that is actually a fucking journalist and, and a good one at that oh but exactly like yeah. my other image of him is like three in the morning uh smoking a cigar drinking whiskey burn whatever the fuck his drink of choice is and just like you know lounging on his side like you know like he's he's like you know he's the kingpin like some fucking he's the fuck yeah he's the, the fucking kingpin cooling right like that's my <laughs> that's also my like my my visual image of well, <laughs> you know so he's a, he is a man of many sides yeah definitely definitely i like uh, that that's why we love him and that's why uh people hate him as well but he's he's ours he's been adopted as part of our uh our wider post wrestler adjacent group so we've just gotta just gotta accept it that uh that, that will's one of us but i, I was gonna say like i mean that one of the, like the many things like me and you've got in common as well as that group as well as a a shared dislike for uh for certain elements of kenny omega as well as a, a you know a, a shared willingness to to call things shit when the shit like for me for nxt uk and for you i suppose death matches and uh and the worst parts of uh, of japanese wrestling the other thing and i've got to talk about this before we uh we we, we do wrap this up in a while is uh the other thing we got in, in common wild speed mate 
the uh, the Fast and Furious franchise. We've mm. uh, we've never had the chance to have a, a proper uh, conversation on podcast about it. Um, I don't know if that uh, that Fast Nine uh, full review is uh, is on the back burner now. I, I I caught John at the end of uh, he he was uh, on with Steph last week, and I I'm, I uh, I jumped him at the end of the interview. I was like, "Have you seen Fast Nine yet?" And he was like, "No." I was like, Damn it, we'll get you there, John. We'll get you to see it um, at some point. So I maybe think that's an evergreen like podcast that you know. Yeah, as as he watches it and says like, "I can re- I could talk about it with you guys," and I'd have to watch it again, unfortunately. But like, I- I'm willing to do that for you guys. But that 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 that's that's good to go anytime. So I'm not too worried about it. But oh, yeah, man. what about the well, wild speed? In, Jap- in Japan, it's called wild speed. I remember I sent you that information. I, took I was a picture so of happy when I found that out. <laughs> and 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 then I said. Benno, the, it's, the Fast and Furious is called fucking Wild Speed over here, and they give they give each movie a a, a weird subtitle based ice on break. Like some part of the movie, the the Ice Break or Sky Mission. Yeah, you know, for for I think that was for seven because they're jumping, you know, they're uh, like rolling the cars out of the fucking cargo plane, you know, with the parachutes and stuff. Um, yeah, what do you want to talk about with the the Fast and the Furious well, franchise, my friend? I suppose the, the main thing I want to know: Do you love it or do you hate it? Because it's. <laughs> It's like for me, I mean, I really, I, I didn't like Fast Nine. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't liked. I think loved is probably a better way of putting it. I haven't loved the last couple of movies. Um, I think it's kind of lost what I liked about it and what I've always liked about. It. It's funny, like I'll, I'll say, I'm, I'm like the the work rate Fast and Furious guy. I'm watching Fast and Furious films not for not for the wild action and the silliness. I'm watching it for. Like, I know it's become a meme now, but the family and, like, the story beat and the fact that, you know, I love I loved the first film. I love the the point rip, break rip-off that it is um, and what it does with, like, the relationship between Vin Diesel and uh, and Paul Walker and and kind of, you know, the fact that they, they did Tokyo Drift, which is one of my favourite films in the series, and, and kind of, you know, stitched that into, into the lore of the series and then in four kind of brought it back together and then in five, you know, did the... The, the kind of the mega squad thing and brought everyone together and they're the elements of a lot of loved and you know falling along and wanting justice for Han has probably kept me emotionally involved as well but I would say yeah the last few films have kind of lost a lot of that for me and it has ju- just become you know it's just an action film it's just and it is you know wildly one of the most popular film franchises in the world so the the little bit of fan service for, for fans like me they're, they're kind of still doing but really it's it's a film for people who, who probably haven't seen the other eight to turn up at the cinema and, and just watch it and, and enjoy it so I've kind of had mainly a love relationship but maybe a slight hate relationship with it but I can never place you and I, I, I know I know you're passionate about it, but like, yeah, that's the kind of a question. Do you love it or you hate it? Um, I probably, based on the last two movies, I probably have drifted more to hating mm. uh, what it's become. Like, I love the first movie. I think, like, to you know, here's here's some context. Like, the fact the first Fast and Furious movie was the the first movie I saw in theaters when I came back um, from my first, you know time living in japan back in 2000 so i went to go see this and i and i thought this is a really fun action crime movie mm. it had elements of like crime movies that i that i liked heist movies and things like that and it, but it was you know it's like like you're saying it's a point break ripoff but i thought it was really well directed and and i thought the characters were, were fun to watch and and like you know paul walker is probably the weakest element of the the, the the fast and furious movies you know you know rest rest in peace and like 
you know, such an important uh, part of the, the the series for 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 a lot of the fans, of course. But like to me, like his his character is very you know like trope, you know, like it's it's very stereotype character, and I don't I don't think he necessarily did anything interesting with it per se but like i don't hate his character it's just like i don't think he's that interesting at the time i probably thought like you know dominic toretto played by vin diesel is like oh that's a really interesting character i think letty was always probably the character i thought was the most interesting because like you can always see like you know michelle rodriguez trying to break out from like because like she of of anyone in that cast i think she's had the most opportunity to become a bigger bigger star in hollywood mm. working with people like james cameron and and like who else like i'm trying to think of other roles she's done but she's gotten a lot of opportunities to be in other projects whereas like i do think at some point like ben diesel became dominic toretto and he knows that's where his bread is buttered on and that he's never gonna have anything that's gonna equal the success of the fast fast franchise and i think that's probably where my my dislike of it comes from is like as as Dominic Toretto becomes like, and as Vin Diesel realizes these movies are his bread and butter, he has turned into the Hulk Hogan of, <laughs> of, of movies, right? Like yeah. the, the Triple H of movies where he has clauses in his fucking contracts where saying, I can't lose a fight on screen. Yep. What was the drama in that? Like to me, as Dom, as the fast franchise gets more successful financially and stuff, that's when the decline on screen goes down. It's not even like, stupid fun anymore it's now it's just stupid like the last two films are stupid like because like there's no element of dominic toretto ever becoming interesting again like yeah he he as a character peaked with either four or five in my opinion yeah and then it just becomes like i'm superman like it doesn't even make any sense like how is he like so you set up all these characters like you get for example the rock Luke Hobbs, mm. right? You have this this character who's like a mili- who's got military training. He's a federal officer. He has he has top of the line, you know, like trained, you know, coworkers, part of his team. But he and he's he's the fucking rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's and then you're telling me, I think the greatest special thing, which one was that? That was five, right? The introduction of Luke Hobbs. Yes. Right? Yeah, and that's that's Rock's so, like high point as well. Right? He to me, like the greatest special effect and the greatest stunt that they did in that movie was per- trying to portray Vin Diesel being on equal physical footing as The Rock. I never bought it. I didn't think this guy should be destroying Dominic Trader. This guy's a street thug. You know what I mean? Mm. He does has no formal combat training. Oh, but he learned on the streets. Fuck you. Like, you put a <laughs> guy with military training, like, realistically. Like, I know, I know oh, talk about the fast movies. There's nothing realistic. But, you know, like, yeah. suspension of disbelief should only go so far, I feel like. You should try to have some basis of, like, fucking logic in your in some of these movies, too. Yeah. Like, to me, like, how is he defeating this guy in physical combat? He shouldn't be. And then, then we bring in Jason Statham character, right? The, the one you got, the one you hate the most. I, I love yeah. Jason Statham character in these movies, by the way. Like, I, I don't know about the, the baby face turn. I still debate that. Yeah, man. But Just the come on. He is, he, they, the way they introduce him, like in the first, you know, his first movie, he's like, he's walking out of that hospital. He's killed, he's killed or he's incapacitated all these, these, you know, like police officers and, and military people to go visit his brother. And it's like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And now they say, oh, he's also a great driver. Of course he is. He's a transporter. Come on. That's, you know, that's cool. To me, it's like, okay, how is Donald Toretto beating this guy too? 
He was in the mm-hmm. SAS, for God's sakes. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so to me, it's like it becomes unrealistic to a point where it's like Dominic Toretto is now like, like it's worse than watching like a fucking wrestling match with like some fucking egotistical bastard like Triple H because like that's that's what he's become and this character is so uninteresting. And you know, here's the thing that killed me about about Fast Nine, Benno. Mm. There's that throwaway line where like John Cena's character, like um, you know, the what's what's his character like to, to the, the other Toretto brother, which yeah, makes no okay. fucking sense that mm-hmm. the most Caucasian fucking man on earth is playing someone who's supposed <laughs> to be Latino. Yeah. All right. And and you know, Charlize Theron's cipher character, she says to him, like in a throwaway, oh, I detected some, you know, Viking in your or like fucking Nordic genes in your blood. I never when I did a genealogy of your your family, it's like, fuck off. That is so fucking stupid. You know, like because they have to shoehorn that he's fucking Dominic Toretto's brother. For some strange reason, why can't he just be some guy that he knew? When he was a kid, why does it have to be his brother? And it gets back to family. Like, you're saying your fa- yeah, your favorite element of this thing is family. That's one of the things I hate about it because I think it's so cheesy for me. It, Interesting. It rings so false because like like half these people are like, are they really? You think of them as your family? Okay, maybe your relationship with Paul Walker because he's your brother-in-law. Okay, maybe your relationship with Letty, of course, that's you know the love of your life and someone you grew up with, but. Once you bring in like, you know, like fucking like Ludacris and fucking Tyrese into it, it's like this is they're your family. Okay, can I also say like, <laughs> forget Dominic Toretto, Tyrese, Roman. Roman is the god awfulest character in the history of cinema. It's like worse than fucking Jar Jar Binks. Okay, <laughs> and I say something. I love Star Wars, but I recognize how fucking terrible Jar Jar Binks is. Roman is worse than fucking Jar Jar Binks, and Tyrese is one of the worst fucking actors on the face of this fucking planet. See, see I like Tyrese. Like I do. I too fast, too furious. I think he's hilarious. I think he's def. I, I think he's good comedic relief in four, five. Sorry, not four, five and six. It, it, it's getting a bit much though i will say that last couple maybe it's i'm hearing like wh's voice in my ear the last couple of films where it's just a bit like you know, he's breaking the fourth wall talking about oh oh what are we like superheroes now type type of lines like that's a bit too much for me but like yeah tell me, tell me a good tell me a good tyrese movie besides like you know like anything he's done that's <laughs> successful outside of the, the fast fast franchise Baby he boy, maybe. That guy, no, I know, I know. He, he, he's not. I mean, he's not a good actor. But this is Nick Gage again. Like, he's not a good actor, but he's got a bit of personality and charisma, and I like him. Uh, I think that's kind of like my. He's the most for me. He's the most unlike. I like Ludacris's character. I because like the guy's competent, mm. and I can see him being being an integral part of the success of this team within the context of the narrative of the story with Tyrese it's like you guys should all be dead because this guy's a fucking idiot yeah well I mean there's definitely like truth to what you're saying because you know I don't want to get lost I fucking for the most part I love this franchise and like I say I love the relationship between the characters and the main characters I'm talking about you know in the first five or six films like those guys that's what I love um and you know I I love Tokyo Drift as a film. I think Fast Five is the absolute peak of the franchise, and you know the the Rock is unbelievable in that film. Not not quite as good as as things go on, but I love him no. in that. I, I love the 
the action and five's kind of the, the perfect point where it's like i'm getting my cheesy family stuff admittedly but i'm also getting you know good action and it feels like a, a you know it's a, it's a heist film fast five you know in rio it's a it's a genuinely well executed one with good strong characters once you get into six seven and eight it does feel like things start to go off the rails and like you said like it starts to get a bit to superhero like and it you know like say vin diesel's like invincible um and you know we can he stomps on a bit of concrete i think in uh in fast uh, i think it's furious seven and like the, the the whole concrete comes apart under his feet because you know right. it's marvel now and that's kind of where we are and yeah it's kind of like the, the last couple of films and nine particularly it does feel like the, the actors are there and I suppose the characters are there, but they're almost like shells of their former selves, and they're having interactions with with each other that don't feel real. Like the actors are there, but but Fast and Furious isn't, and it all just feels a bit soulless to me now. And it all feels a bit too like a lot of them could be any sci-fi action thriller um, at this point, and it's almost like they're just using the fast source material because it's guaranteed box office. Yeah, to me, I like. Number one, I like a lot because because it's the simplest. It's like many it. people like you know like Doctor No as the, as the, as their favorite. They're stealing DVD players, it's huh? The stealing DVD players, you know, it's a, it's a bunch bunch yeah. of hoodlums and 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 Paul Walker, like you say, Paul Walker's not a great actor either, but he's believable as like this surfer dude type who's who's you know infiltrated the gang and he falls in love with the girl and you know, but it's it's just a you're right, it's a simple tale, but between him and Vin Diesel and their you know brotherly love type of thing, that yeah. it's it's an easy watch. Two, two and three, like they're like they're okay, like they they don't move me either way. You're not a Tokyo Drift guy. No, not really, because like I just find like I just laugh at some of the portrayals of, of like Asian people in that thing. Cause, like, it's fucking, it's every fucking, it's like it's Weibo, it's Weiboism. That's interesting because like, Justin Lee, this. Justin Lin's so proud of himself for that film. No, but like he has no fucking idea. Like he's not his background's not Japanese. He doesn't. He's not from Japan. Mm. I probably doubt he spent like that much time there. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> You're like, this is what we have. This is like we have to. But he has to do a Hollywood portrayal of like asian drift culture which trust me i've known people who like tell me like they're they're like they do drifting they they're not doing like that shit that you see there but i, I don't find it offensive nor do i love tokyo drift i do but like four i i i think four is so fun and five to me i agree with you five is the peak and i like six and seven because they're stupid fun but they're still like to me i think the fast franchise in that middle period like from three to like no sorry from like four to seven have some great bad guys like to me that's what draws me to them and then i just end up like wanting them to win actually and mm. like for for the for most of the the family to to, to want to buy the farm but i i think for me it peaked with five and i and i really enjoy six and seven because i think some of the stunts are really good and some of the, the the action scenes are really well staged and i can appreciate the the craft that goes into it mm. and so but when you get to eight eight is a, is just intensively bad with the acting it's like yeah now it's like you guys are just caricatures of what you guys created because you're too lazy to actually be creative because you cannot think of anything creative and now the stunts are the stars of this franchise like yeah. not anything that and most of the stunts are now just cgi mm, there's like like, I, I like stuff. 
I like I like car movies of the seventies because it's all real. Like mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. I that's why I love Death Proof because Tarantino is like, there's no CGI in this fucking movie. It's gonna be all practical effects, and I I fucking love that idea. Like to me, like of course some of the things you cannot do in in real life, so, but then why do them? To me, like with a car movie, like you know what the whole point of a car movie is like. What can they do in real life? Even if it's a stunt, right? Even it has to be staged and has to be prepared for. Okay, but at least it's not a computer. I mm-hmm. I don't want to see computers involved with creating fight scenes or like car chases or car stunts. That's just me. Maybe I like sound like the old man yelling from the from the from my lawn. I don't care. That's how I feel. So to me, like I will watch. I will. I kind of like hate watched nine and i was i felt incredibly justified hating every minute of it mm-hmm. because it was so bad it, it like i and i watched john cena in the suicide squad and he his acting you can tell like he was like loving doing that and he was just perfunct you know performing a contractual obligation with the the fast nine movie because it's like you know what i'm still like gonna be like a s- second fiddle to this fucking egotistical bald asshole in Vin <laughs> Diesel, and but in Suicide Squad, I'm gonna be given the, ch- the the chance to like be complex and funny and interesting, and and I'm more interested in seeing him play Peacekeeper than I am to see the the lost Toretto brother with fucking Nordic DNA in him. See. That's the thing, though. I, I thought I honestly, where I disagree, I, I think he's one of my favorite things in Fast Nine, like. And maybe that's just the slim pickings of it, though. Like, that film hurt me. Like, I went to see it at the cinema. And I was so hyped for it. I do it every time these films come out. I do a full rewatch of everything that came before it. I, you know, I went through my letterbox, then I rated every film, and, you know, almost went five stars on Fast Five and I'm Fast One, and probably went four and a half on Tokyo Drift. And then as you get to, you know, six, I'm like, oh, not as good as five. And then seven, I'm like, oh, things have changed. The director's, you know, not the same. Just Justin Lin's gone and it's James Wan instead and he, he doesn't do quite a good job. Fast Eight, I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit disappointed. Hobbs and Shaw, ugh, not for me. And then I like Tom and Shaw because there's no fucking Tom and Shaw. Well, there you go. Yeah, Tom's the problem that I, I can see that. But hey, let, you, you get can to... I just say? Can I just say I love the feud between the you know Dom like fucking Vin Diesel and I guess Tyrese against The Rock. You know, I I love it because like every time these fucking two two losers like go <laughs> up against The Rock, The Rock fucking destroys them. That's The like, Rock. I'm the rock. I'm I'm gonna I'm a bigger star. Than, yeah. He's gonna he's a like him as a wrestler is a bigger star than Tyrese will ever be as an actor. Yeah. And him as Dwayne Johnson, you know, now in 2021 is a bigger star than the entirety of Vin Diesel's entire fucking he can, career. And I and I love it. He can do whatever he wants. That's the thing. And that's where the that's why it feels like, you know, nineteen ninety eight WCW um on these films because they've both got the can't get beaten up uh kind of close in the contracts. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I th- that's the thing for me. Like I, I yeah, I didn't I don't love Hobbs and Shaw. Part of that's like the, the my hatred I have for the for the Deckard Shaw character um and the whole just for just for hand stuff. And yeah, nine was like it was my hope with Justin Lin coming back on board that it was going to get pulled back into something more akin to five or at least six. And we were going to get, you know, that justice and it was going to become a little bit, again, I sound silly here, hoping for realism in a fast film, but a little bit more grounded. Um, and it just didn't really happen. Instead, it was bloated and it had more, more celebrity cameos than ever. And it just had more silliness than ever. And 
the justification for you know for for Han being killed and the you know the, the adding on that 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 extra you know spoilers here for Fast Nine that extra shot of uh, of, uh, of of what happened in Tokyo and I'm saying that Han's alive now it just it did just didn't all connect for me and it maybe I've been fantasy booking how to resolve that that broken thread for for too long in in, in my own head but uh, yeah it just didn't do it for me and I was so sad I I haven't watched it again since and I'm not sure I want to anytime soon can you imagine being Justin Lin you helped make this franchise like what it was with your direction and then you come back and it's probably like okay let's do this and this and then we're in space now no 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 you read my contract buddy Justin, you read my contract. I can't lose this fight. Uh, come <laughs> on, Ben. We need to create drama and like tension for your character arc. To but no, you read my contract. That's probably what it was like. You know mm. what I mean? Like, or he went in there, probably told all this, and he was like, "How much are you paying me to come back?" Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> That's it. It's all done for the money now. Like, there's no, there's no. Yeah. You know, like I don't think there's any motivation to create a good story. No. Or like or do something interesting with these characters. I think for them, like that peaked with probably with five mm. and, and now it's just like stunts stunts. How cool can I look? How cool. And like, I, I would imagine like for someone like Vin Diesel, there's like this massive ego problem where as he gets older, the less he's willing to look bad. Cause like, he's probably insecure about mm. becoming an older actor. Cause like he has nothing to fall back on. Like, it's not like he can be Clint Eastwood and fall back in dramatic roles and just do drama. Like, mm. like, because no one wants to see that because he's not actually a good actor. Yeah, he, he knows the the one note gimmick that people want him to do. They want him to put that white vest on, and they want him to to come out and do a do another Fast and Furious film, and they got to keep doing him. Like, uh, at the same time, though, it's like wrestling. Uh, I'll be back, you know. <laughs> I'll probably I'll end up I'll end up doing another free full rewatch. I'll end up watching nine again and thinking, okay, maybe I was harsh. Maybe I was expecting too much out of resolving the, the justice for hand stuff. Maybe, 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 okay. I, maybe they can make me happy. Maybe I'll watch it again I'm, and I'll be there in the cinema. How about this? How about this? If you know, if you know, I'm gonna come to the UK and I'm gonna I'm gonna spend at least one night at your place or something like that. You hold off watching that. You know, you can watch it, you know, until that happens. But like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do maybe a rewatch of that. And like, oh, Ben, I'm coming to the UK. Can I stay with you? And and when I, like, you know what? I'm going to save it. We will watch it together. We'll do it together. There you go. Yeah, In, in, in person. <laughs> I think that would be fun. We'll get a lot of Greg's for, for, for you know. <laughs> maybe it'll rekindle my love. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, it's it. like I say, it, it, it's still got a real special place in my heart. But I don't know. I feel a little bit broken by the last one. And yeah, maybe that's a, another reason why we never got around to that, that Fast 9 review. But maybe we can, we can we were, still we give remember, it a we, we should We should reveal. We were, we were talking briefly about doing... Uh, like you know, a, a, a podcast series about mm. you know reviewing each film, and we're gonna. Well, we're, I think we that's were still be fun. We were thinking, we, we were thinking about doing it post, like we we pitched it, but like you know, there's just for different reason was gonna happen there. We were thinking of calling it. I thought this was a great name too, the Post and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And the idea was we get different people from the post family on to review each film with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't work out for a for a, for a few different reasons. Didn't want we didn't want to step on Brother Nate's toes either as well because he was doing no, a lot no, of rock no. related content. He's doing a good job with like the you know the the doing the you know the rock movies and exactly, reviews and stuff yeah. like that. Definitely. Once you get to like him being in you know from Fast what, Fast Five on, and it's like well you know half his career now. Are yeah. Those films. Well, not anymore. You know so. There might still be legs in it, though. I, th- I think we could we could come, come back and revisit it at some point. Maybe once my uh, my wounds are healed, uh, we can uh, we can definitely talk. 
Um, but no, I was going to say, I mean, that this has been obviously we had to cover some fast talk and we got some covered a million different subjects in here we've got lots of wrestling talking but one thing i want to do with these podcasts before i do let you go wh i mean uh, the standard part of the end of every podcast is kind of to to plug and you know i'll do your plugs for you at wh park nine on on twitter po- post pro res uh go uh go listen to that on post if you want to uh wh uh, talk the uh, the best and worst japanese wrestling with uh with john pollock each month on postwrestling.com but what i what i want to get out of you and then um, the other guests that i'll have on this show going forward is like what podcast do you listen to plug someone else whose work would you like to uh to plug in and tell the people they should go out there and listen to well definitely you know grapple grapple spotlight and, oh, i'll uh, take that cool. know, jp's jp's daily updates i was you know i was gonna i was planning on like pretending like i was gonna audition to be the replacement on on daily daily update greetings grapple <laughs> fans welcome to the daily update for friday September, you know, ninth, and I tried to do my best JP impersonation. And I was like, "Oh, wait, wrong show." You know, like I, I tried to do that on Spotlight, right? Uh, I don't know if it got onto the uh, made it to the main main uh, feed, but to do full do, show. Do JP, you've got to like. I, I, a... I, I love JP. Like, He's the I best. Think he is so he is so good. Like JP is like my comfort food as far as audio goes. Like yeah. I just like listening to his voice. And to me, anytime I get a chance to do anything with them whether it's talking about jap you know all japan pro wrestling uh, or or you know tv shows for, on disney plus for the for the marvel cinematic universe i'm so happy um but you know outside of you guys like i think you know like people who don't get enough love are you know uh, striga and dylan fox over at the eastern lariat like because they are like full-time like for, dylan's pretty much a full-time podcaster and and they have their own patreon i subscribe to that one along with yours because like i really think they do such an important job of covering all aspects of japanese wrestling i can't cover all of it mm-hmm. um but they do and i think they do such a great job so if you go to the like, you know the eastern lariat just look for that they're on the i, don't, I think they're still on the mlw <laughs> that's Radio still a thing <laughs> that to me is like and it's still like you know like court power still has some like kind of peripheral uh you know uh, involvement with it apparently but i like those guys are awesome i love strigan i love dylan a lot i just think they do such a great service to the community of totally watch japanese wrestling um besides them like who else do i like listening to uh i don't know like you know the slide is mainly like you guys and like the post family there and like I don't know if they need any big upping, you know, like, cause like, I think everyone listens to those guys. Like, you I'm know, sure. I, I'll say this, like when, when, uh, when Stephanie Chase does things that aren't AEW, I, I like watching her non AEW content. I know like really, she's really so, you know, passionate about being a fan of AEW and, and showing that. And that's awesome. Oh yeah. I just like when she legit. like ventures outside of that, because like, you know, like I think it's it's really interesting to see her now talk about things that aren't AEW. I think like I made this point a couple of, like maybe a year ago that I think her and Andrew, Andrew Thompson are two of like the most the hardest working people like who are up and coming. I don't know if they're up and coming. These either of them are up and coming anymore. I think they're firmly established now. Yeah, look at Steph's but, Twitter like, followers. I, I that. really love like Andrew. Andrew's like a great fucking oh, interviewer yes i think stephanie is too like mm-hmm. but like to me it's just like ah you know i you're passionate about aw awesome 
cool. I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just saying like I find it more interesting when she ventures outside of that realm and talks to, talks to other people or talks about other other aspects of wrestling. You know, oh, the, the punk I, podcast I, we I did um, do, last week was one of our favorite wanna, things I've ever done. Yeah, I want to have like a conversation with her about how, what that I think Jay White is the a perfect American television wrestler and terrible in the Japanese wrestling context. <laughs> hey, if there was ever a wrestler built for uh, American wrestler, no, I agree. It is Jay White. Uh, I want that. I want, that should be the next versus. You, you versus Steph. <laughs> Talk about all that stuff. But no, yeah, but Steph- she might agree with me on that point, you know, because like she might be like, maybe I'll see Jay White more often in in, in America on TV and maybe in, in, in AEW or something like that. I think he would, by the way, I think he would be perfect. Yeah. I think he would be a real boon in AEW. Oh, definitely. I agree. Um, and yeah, Steph's killing it right now. Like I was dead, like happy to, to see last week, you know, with it and doing her AEW content and John was on, on the Friday and Nate was on, on the Monday, you know, she's part of this, uh, this big old family, but yeah, we're definitely going to get her yeah, definitely. back on it on grapple definitely. again. Um, she wasn't, I think she was exhausted from uh, all the coverage. She was supposed to <laughs> spoil was supposed to again, be on grapple like, this last I, week, I but have, it didn't happen. I might not like, uh, uh, like be into all the, content per se but my god i have so much respect for the for the hustle yeah like that she does and like i respect the work ethic and the work rate like yeah, no she's like harder. to me she's to me is like what's the best comparison she's like the the, the christopher daniels like 2003 ring of honor <laughs> you know to me that's like who she reminds me of. if i'm gonna make a wrestling analogy you know so nice. like respect there and I, I i i i loved any of the podcasts i've done with her myself like mm. so yeah definitely like you know, I would want to do something with her in the future again. And I, I enjoy her, her YouTube channel, like Andrew Thompson's YouTube channel. Yeah, great guy, great, great interviewer. Such, a lot of respect for him as well. Yeah. Oh, Andrew's the man too. And yeah, I've, anytime, anytime I get, get to have a chat with Andrew, it's always a good time. He's going to be on that that well draft with it. Uh, you know, you know he, he appreciates you, Benno. <laughs> but I love that he, he feels the need to say that, you know. I, I like to know that I'm appreciated, so that's why I like Andrew. He's a, No, no, he's a I, I, I'm not making fun of him. I just, I, I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's charming when whenever he says that. Because like, I, I had a chance to talk with him recently, and he was like, mm. WH, my man, I appreciate you. And I'm like, dude, thank you. I appreciate you, too. Like, it, honestly and genuinely. I just, it's kind of like his his catchphrase, though, you know? And I think mm. it's great that it, that it is. It's like, better than my catchphrase. That's fucking shit. <laughs> and mine's just Brit Rez is dead. I don't know how that became a thing, but I'll just not print those t-shirts, WH. Fuck, missed miss the opportunity to make millions there. Listen, when's, when's the Grapple merchandise coming out? Because I, I need a fucking t-shirt from you guys you know what i mean we'll get you one well the the, the i believe the merch store is a is a work in progress i'll i'll nudge gareth again tomorrow but we'll be able to and, do something you need to get, okay you. no snap if you're gonna have snapbacks you need to have the folded brim cap because i would oh my I hat refused, i get it i refused to wear the post logo on a snapback <laughs> for years and then way came out with this fucking hat and i was like way i've wanted this for fucking years now and he's like you didn't tell me i'm like i didn't think it was possible but here you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh well. Well, yeah. I'll get Gareth to uh, to get working on the uh, on the grapple old Manhattan and all of that stuff. But yeah, I think that uh, pretty much brings us to the end of the conversation. JP actually did want me to ask you about Loki for some reason. Any quick thoughts on Loki before we go? Loki, like, uh, yeah, that's a great fucking show. Like, it's it's got time travel. Like, because Doctor Who recently has just shit the bed as far as being a time travel show goes, and has ruined the character. You know, Chris mm-hmm. Chibnall, fuck you, you terrible showrunner. Um, but Loki fills in that nice gap of like time traveling 
on on TV for me, and and it's great. Like uh, we had JP on the M- on MCU mm-hmm. later. Me and Wake talked to him about uh, what if a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that was fun. We were definitely going to bring him back on a future episode of MCU later, and uh, yeah, maybe if you're going to watch an MCU show, I have seen Loki. You, you, I enjoyed you, it. You, you, huh? I saw saw Loki myself as well. I enjoyed it. Very well done. Yeah, the girl in it was fantastic. Yeah, but if you watch a future show, you let us know, and then we'll we'll hook you on as a guest. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Thoughts on the wrestler Loki before we go? Better than the the TV show? Oh, Loki, the the wrestler. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Fucking Loki. I I used to love Loki, like baggy pants, and then like you know, like. you know, like I'm gonna wear whatever the fuck I want until he did the fucking Hitman cosplay at Wrestle Kingdom. That and was, I was like, I'm done with this. I was like, I'm done with this guy. He's a fucking idiot. And uh, when he's in MLW, I like him. When he's outside of doing anything on like where there's no corp, corp power to like keep reigning his terrible instincts, mm. I have no time for looking. But you know what? You know, it'd be awesome if like we get like 2000 and what 2004 low key in AW. Oh. against brian danielson oh. can you imagine how good that would be oh i'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd die that. for that match and then loki had refused to job and he'd be out of the territory within a month but loki gives and takes away you know the fact like vin diesel takes himself too seriously it can be his undoing but that's part mm. of the uh the appeal of loki isn't it the fact that maybe he used to keep wins and lost lost records on his website that's the kind of guy loki is he takes this shit seriously and you know what we need more wrestlers to take this shit seriously so uh, we I'd do for that. we but we need also more dumb jock wrestlers like dave, uh, dave richards <laughs> well he's on his way back so yeah maybe we'll see him on an, on an aw show soon as well but no again again uh, thanks wh for, for joining me obviously we've uh, re- to make this work we've recorded uh, very late uh, it's uh, almost five in the morning uh, uk time oh, no. here i i almost i almost fell asleep before we started and missed this entire recording almost missed your message i'm glad i caught it mate i'm glad i've uh, kept you up later uh, canadian time as well so it's it's all worked out Oh, I, I thank you. I I was like missing you on the spotlight show that I did. Um, we put it right. The only reason I uh, the only reason I slandered your your good name was because you weren't there to defend yourself. <laughs> but yeah. I was like, damn! I wish you know when when JP said Benno can't make it, I was like, ah! Oh, I was like, I was like, so looking forward to like just like having fun with you, like talking about death matches and and and, and look what we had here. But this is great. Like it's just the two of us. I think it, we 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 it was unfiltered and and uh, uncompromising to uh, talk about you know to try to include other people. It was just you and me. And and thank you so much for like like letting me be one of the first guests on on this new venture here at Grapple. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, you had to be the first uh, shout. I'm glad. Glad we got to have, have our chat about Nick Gage. I'm glad we got to talk about Fast and the Furious and everything in between. And uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't call that Fast and the Furious uh, podcast uh, series dead yet. Maybe we've, we've got that in us, but if hey, not, I'm, we'll I'm record again it. together. <laughs> there you go. We'll uh, we'll we'll maybe try and draft John in and uh, maybe give that uh, that pitch a second try. But dude, we'll absolutely uh, do something again together again. And yeah, thanks again for uh, for giving up your time, mate. Uh my pleasure, Ben. Thank you so much. Cheers, man.